welcome to the MUFG Global Markets FX Week Ahead podcast with Derek Halpany, Head of Research, Global Markets, EMEA and International Securities. It's Friday 26 January 2024 and joining Derek to pose some questions on the financial market themes for the week ahead is Michael Owen, Head of Global Client Desk EMEA. The following podcast is intended for professional investors and eligible counterparties only, and not for retail clients. Any content should not be regarded as an offer to conduct investment business or an investment recommendation, but for information purposes only. Good afternoon, Derek. Afternoon, Michael. FX has traded in quite a tight range this week. The DXY has just traded in roughly a one big figure range, and it's close to unchanged from last Friday's close. I guess perhaps there's a reluctance to take the risk ahead of the events of the next week. We've got the FOMC meeting on Wednesday and the US jobs report on Friday. What can we expect from these events in terms of the US rates and dollar impact? Yeah, Michael, I think definitely a, a pretty quiet week for sure. We did have the the, the ECB, um, but there was no dramatic change in guidance. Slightly softer communications maybe on on inflation, so there was a slight bias to the downside for euro. Uh, it was the, the the worst performing G10 currency, but you know, the percentage drop was was pretty modest. So as you said, Michael, pretty tight trading range. And I guess given the FOMC meeting, uh, which, you know, at this point in the cycle, when we've peaked out on rates, it seems, and the markets are anticipating a turn, it's, it, the meetings obviously are all, are, are all pretty important. Um, and then of course, coming, uh, that meeting coming just two days before the perils report. Um, I think in terms of the meeting itself, um, there's not a whole lot of reason to shift dramatically the, the the tone. Like the disinflation trend, you could argue, is still in place. Certainly the core PCE in the GDP data uh, was very positive for two consecutive quarters now for six months. We've been at the, the, the 2% target. So job done, you could argue. Um, but then in the monthly core PCE inflation today, the so-called super core services excluding um, housing, the month-on-month rate actually picked up from 0.1 to 0.3. Um, so, you know, if you want to get into the, the detailed underlying inflation pressures, you know, you could still argue there's there's reason for caution. Um, and I think then in the context of, of other kind of developments, um, in particular, the, the Red Sea geopolitical risk factor is still ongoing and it has started to have a clearer impact on crude oil prices. So crude oil is up about 10% uh, in the month of January. So, you know, that's a scale of increase that starts to grab attention at the central bank. And certainly if that was to kind of be extrapolated into a similar gain in February, you know, suddenly you're at, uh, you know, retail gas 
prices in the US jumping and fears about inflation expectations coming back in again. So you, you could argue there's reason for continued caution. And of course, most of the rhetoric in, in January has been kind of pushing back on the idea of a, of a soon rate cut. So um, it, it's a close call. Of course, the, the jobs report comes two days after, as I said. We have the JOLTS report as well, uh, the job openings, uh, and we have the ADP report, and both of those will be out before the FOMC meeting. And, you know, if there was a shocker to come on Friday, you know, let's say a very weak payrolls report, or obviously a very strong one, the Fed will probably have a sense of that. They may not have the specific details, but they'll they'll have some of the information that will help them make their decision on, um, on, on, on the 31st. So in that context, that kind of needs to be put into the equation of what kind of tone and rhetoric we might get from the Fed. But all said and done, you know, we've had a view since the beginning of the, the year that uh, the, the dollar w- would strengthen. That was our bias in Q1. We just think the scale of dollar weakness that came in, in November and December was probably a bit overdone. And the dollar is strengthening gradually since the beginning of the year. And and I, I don't think that the FOMC meeting itself is going to change that over the short term. So in other words, we get more of the same, certainly not dismissing the idea of a March rate cut, but probably not giving fuel to the idea that they they could be going um, or, or that, that they're moving in that direction. So in that sense, it's, it's, um, it's status quo, if you like. And given what I said about the euro and the ECB this week, um, our bias still is for the, the dollar to, to gradually strengthen further from here. Um, so, so that's the way we'd, we'd look to play into the FOMC next week. Yeah, thanks very much, Derek. So beside obviously the big US events next week, we also have the Bank of England uh, on Thursday. Uh, what do you think could be the possible implications from this policy meeting? Yeah, this is probably this is a bigger meeting in terms of the potential market implications. Obviously, you know, the the inflation story has changed pretty dramatically since uh, since the last monetary policy report when we had the projected uh, inflation and GDP forecasts from the Bank of England at the beginning of November. You know, as I said a moment ago, we've, we've had the, the kind of big easing of financial conditions through November and December because of the scale in which inflation has been coming down. And of course, the, the UK has been part of that as well. So, you know, I think for, for Thursday, there are four elements that the markets will be looking at. Number one, the forecasts that I've just mentioned that will be in the monetary policy report. Number two, the voting on, on the MPC, obviously. Um, number three, the wording in, in the actual statement uh, on, on guidance. Uh, and number four, uh, Bailey's press conference. Now, in the context of the forecasts, um, yeah, there's going to be a dramatic change in the forecast profile. They were clearly too pessimistic um, in, in previous projections. And it's looking quite likely that by April, we could have headline CPI below 2% because of the off-gem price cap adjustment based on natural gas prices. Um, and we could have, therefore, in the projections, the, the 2% target being hit certainly no later than Q3 of this year. And in the November projection, uh, it was four quarters beyond that. Um, so, you know, dramatically bringing forward the, the timing of hitting the target. 
Um, so that would be very positive and a, and a dovish slant, I guess. The voting should change as well. We had a 6-3 vote uh, in December. Um, uh, it's feasible. All three could drop the demand for a rate hike. Um, Catherine Mann is probably the most hawkish, and she could hold on to her vote for a hike. Um, but Haskell and Green will probably drop um, the, the, the votes for hikes. So you might get an 8-1. You could feasibly get 7-1-1, um, because Dingra, the, the most dovish member, could vote for a cut. Um, clearly, the voting is going to be shifting more toward uh, rate cuts. Uh, and then the guidance is really important, because the last couple of sentences in the statement the second last statement refers to the likely need of restrictive policy being maintained for an extended period. And then the last line talks about further tightening would be required if evidence of more persistent inflationary pressures were there. So th there's, a, there's a, um, a bias to tighten and there's a signal of higher for longer. Both of those could be dropped and changed. They may keep the uh, restrictive policy for an extended period of time, because even if you cut rates by, let's say, 100 basis points, you could still argue there's a restrictive policy in place. So that might be kept. But I think certainly um, further tightening, the bias to tightening has to go. So again, on the statement, it's likely to be uh, to be on the dovish side. But I think Bailey then, if all of those three are on the dovish side, I think Bailey could very easily in the press conference try and rein back any dovish response in the markets by, for example, highlighting services inflation remains very elevated on a three and six month annualized basis. We still have readings about 5%. So it's coming down, but still way too high. And we have wages six and a half, six point six percent 6.6%. So there's, there's plenty there for the Bank of England to rein back on any kind of over-interpretation of the changes that take place in the other components that I've spoken about. And he could push back to such an extent that, you know, possibly the market start to question a May rate cut. Um, and in the context of possibly what happens the day before with the FOMC, you know, it all kind of lends into, uh, I think, the potential for the pound um, to outperform, given the rhetoric potentially from Bailey, even though the other elements should certainly be a, a shift towards the dovish side. The markets, I think, are well braced for the dovishness that I've spoken about. So it's really about Bailey and what he says. Um, and if we're right, given our dollar bias in terms of bullish, we'd lean more towards euro sterling. And euro sterling is very close to the lows from last year. So if we break those lows, um, 84.92, I think, is the euro sterling low from last year. That's going to open up, I think, a relatively quick move down to about 84. So, um, yeah, stick with the potential for the pound to strengthen further versus the euro. Thank you, Derek. Certainly a volatile time coming up ahead this week. So how is this playing out in your trade views then? Well, I've just touched on on one. So we've just put in place a short euro sterling uh, trade idea. Uh, um, looking for yeah that move down to eighty four that I've just mentioned, and then the potential to go to go further still. Um, you know, the euro. I think certainly April is still open for a potential rate cut from the ECB, um, given the communications from Lagarde yesterday. And if we're correct on on the UK, on the Bank of England next week. I think certainly Euro sterling will break the lows from last year. Um, so that's a new trade idea. The other trade idea we have open at the moment is long dollar Swiss. So some of the communications from the SMB since the turn of the year would suggest they've become a little bit 
more concerned about the level of the Swiss franc. And in that context, we could start to see a focus shift in communication that could fuel expectations that the SMB could switch um, and start um, selling Swiss franc and buying foreign currency. I'm not sure they'll they'll need to do that, but if the communication continues as it is in, in terms of being more concerned about Swiss franc strength, um, certainly they'll 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 stop the 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 buying of Swiss franc, which has been the the the, the policy strategy to fight inflation, um, and that kind of shift from the SMB and given our our dollar few that have spoken about the risk scope we think for dollar swiss to move higher thank you very much derek and wishing everyone a good week ahead thank you and you michael thank you for listening to this mufg global markets podcast rate review and subscribe and contact your mufg sales rep for more information come back next week for more insights from the global markets research team